Welcome once again to the So Weird podcast. I'm your host. I'm one of your hosts, Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily, and I'm Kat. And tonight we are talking about strange geometry, which is we are talking about that, right? Okay, yeah. good because that's the one I watched. Yeah, uh, this is production episode two thirteen, yes. mm-hmm. and this has to be one of the most iconic, dramatic episodes of the series with such a pivotal plot point. If any episode of So Weird can be referred to as iconic, I, this would be one of them. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, um, well, first off, I really remember this one because um, that shot of the CGI ghost face phasing through the wall is used in all the season two openings. Yep. And it's such a wonderful uh, special effect. It always scared the crap out of me as a kid. Well, you know, looking at it now, it hasn't aged super great i mean it's clearly cgi but i would say it's oh, effective <laughs> and i, I thought definitely... it wasn't cgi i thought it was like a blanket of sorts and somebody was behind it and had to put their face through it. it's totally cgi cap yeah it's definitely cgi okay no no no, no. <laughs> there's the practical effect though isn't there when she's actually running down the hallway that's that's someone sticking their face through, like, a screen. I mean, maybe my copy is the one that still has the Zoo Disney Halloween logo in the corner of the screen, so the quality is not great. Oh, God, Zach. There's much better <laughs> stuff out there, man. I know, I know. I'm still watching the uh, the bootleg I bought, like, four years ago. <laughs> okay. I got a bootleg, too, but mine's better quality than that. <laughs> all right, all right. Rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> So we should probably get around to summarizing this episode. So far, all we've mentioned is special effects and iconic. Spooky ghost face. <laughs> yes. But this episode is about a lot more than that. Um, so is this set in London? I have that in my old notes here, but I didn't actually see them referencing that at all in the episode itself. Uh, I don't think it's London. All right, no. I don't know. I don't know where I got I think that. you're thinking about John. John Kane is British. Yeah, and yeah. there are other British people in the episode, too, which I, I guess that's where I got that idea, because, yeah, I, I have that in my note, old notes here, and they don't actually say that in the episode, so I don't know. I must have been drunk or something. Well, John <laughs> mentions that back in England, they had these, like, Patterson had built these homes, just like the one that they're at in the episode. So maybe that's where you got it mixed up too. Um, but I think, yeah, they're in the U S somewhere. Well, and I'm sure it was shot in Canada, like everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Kat's eager to handle the plot synopsing for this episode. So I'm going to let her go. <laughs> Thank you. So the Molly Phillips tour bus rolls into town at this old decrepit building. So Molly can shoot her new music video for she sells directed by none other than John Kane from the Phillips Kane Band. So this is the first time we actually get to meet John Kane, a.k.a. Papa Bear, and it's very, very exciting, especially when we get to see Molly look like a 60s poodle skirt kind of <laughs> bleh. Leave it to He's in a funny costume, yeah. music video, and hilarity ensues. I wouldn't exactly call it hilarity, but okay. <laughs> 
Well, at first it's hilarity, and then it gets very dramatic very quickly. Yeah, and John Kane, I don't know if you mentioned it already, he was part of the Phillips Kane band, and he was a guitarist, so they're, he was really good friends with Rick and Molly. Yeah, so Jack describes it as a Phillips Kane band reunion, and even he is so excited to see him. John's kind of like an uncle to them, and it's really sweet to see that, and how he teases Fiona to get out of his chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And he stopped playing guitar and I guess, you know, touring and all that because he had a heart attack. They mentioned that in there. And then there's another episode where that comes more into play. Yeah, and he actually. And there's also a line about him quitting smoking cigarettes in exchange for sucking on lollipops. Yeah, I was about to so say that. So that's an interesting thing to So anyway, the building's on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. the building up there and was built by James Patterson had a thing for constructing buildings using a very special formula using the Fibonacci sequence. This is a mathematical concept that I didn't really hear about in any math class until I was in college, but because it's so weird, I was like, yeah, Fibonacci sequence, I know this, this is awesome. <laughs> Same. So well, actually, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, I had a, I'm a fan of a, this 80s band called the Fibonacci's, so I had heard the word before I saw this, <laughs> but I think this was my first exposure to it as a mathematical concept. Interesting. <laughs> Somehow, James, pa- not James Patterson, but Mr. Patterson, not the author, James Patterson. <laughs> I get this too confused somehow. I don't know why. I think it's Everett or something like that. Yeah, I believe it is Everett. Yeah. So Mr. Patterson from So Weird has used the Fibonacci sequence to find a way people, like, kind of trapped in the spirit world. I think it was supposed to bring people back to the dead, but somehow it was off by only one number, and so his buildings are haunted. Well, they're kind of, the spirits are kind of stuck between the spirit world and the physical world, so they're in this sort of halfway state, and yeah, it has resulted in hauntings. Yeah, so I, I'm, I guess all the buildings that he would make would they would all have portals? I'm assuming, and um, if the portals weren't um, collapsed or something, or the buildings weren't collapsed and the spirits were stuck there, so that's why the buildings were haunted. And um, yeah, Fee finds out about, oh, it's a possible haunting, so she definitely wants to go exploring, and Carrie does also, which is unusual for me. Yeah, there's a really cute moment where Jack um, is reading about the Fibonacci sequence and, you know, realizes that is what the numbers on the blueprints are referencing, and immediately says, oh, well, Fiona's gonna love this. Yeah, I thought that was cute, too. So while Molly's busy shooting her music video, Jack, Fee, and Carrie go exploring. And, of course, they end up in, like, this old attic-y type room that looks like it used to be a place where orphans slept since the building used to be an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And as Fiona's looking at something in the background, we see an invisible finger writing help on the mirror in the background. And Fiona turns around and notices, and she's just like, was that there before? And, of course, Jack is all, oh, it must have been. One of the orphans probably wrote it. And completely dismisses it, but not Faye. She knows something's up. Yeah, that's a spooky moment when the letters are appearing on the mirror over her shoulder there. Yeah, and you can tell that she can actually sense something because she kind of puts her hand on her shoulder. 
before she turns around to look. Yeah, you know, I find this episode, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to call it scary or anything like that, but I think it's a pretty effectively spooky. Like, there is an ominous tone throughout this one that's pulled off pretty well. I mean, even, you know, stuff that's probably kind of goofy, like the uh, nautical shell symbol appearing in her spilled soda. Is, oh, and the the words in her spilled soda also saying upstairs. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> that. Also, you, why why is a nice girl like Fiona sucking on a big gulp like that? She's going to give herself diabetes. Come on, girl. <laughs> and while all that's happening, John Kane notices that Fee's kind of into the paranormal, and he's assuming that Molly hasn't told Fee anything about Rick being the paranormal also, so... The whole time, there's this, like, tension between them. Yeah, and that you leads... You gotta love Molly's line, telling John, just shoot the video, don't try to direct my life. And I so <laughs> badly wish we could see teenage Molly Phillips, because I feel like in that moment, Molly isn't a grown-ass woman anymore. She's, like, back down to a rebellious teenage. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, there's an idea for a prequel that. series. <laughs> I would love that. Um... Yeah, and, well, I guess the, the crux of the episode is when Fiona enters uh, Patterson's ghost machine, or whatever you want to call it, this giant nautical shell that he's built in the in a secluded area of this building that nobody has discovered up to this point. Um, and inside is, uh, she encounters the spirit of the architect, and he, it becomes clear that he essentially built these weird portal devices just to bring himself back from the dead, which Fiona doesn't like very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she sees it as selfish, and she looks around at all the other souls trapped there, and she tells them, well, what about them? Don't they want to be free too? And exasperated, Patterson just goes, I cannot save everyone. This was mine. I deserve to be saved. Yeah, he's a prick. So, <laughs> yeah. So... Be kind of like, uh, no, you said that you want to help everybody, but you only want to help yourself. He's about to leave, but then he takes advantage of her possibly losing someone, which, of course, Rick, and he offers her a way to get him back also. But Fiona doesn't fall for that, and instead she picks up a pipe or something that's laying around and smashes the vortex portal ghost thingy and causes the entire spiral to collapse on itself. Which is, you know, pretty badass. <laughs> and also, it takes guts for Fiona to make a decision like that. It's such a suspenseful moment where she looks back and she's seriously thinking about it. Like, you would guarantee that this person will be reborn before my eyes. You can guarantee that. Mm -hmm. And it's such a suspenseful moment because, like, you know Fiona wants to do it, but then she doesn't. She breaks it. And along with she breaking... She does the heroic thing instead of saving, you know, one person. Well, and that's why, we, uh, that's why we love Fee, because she's tough and resourceful and thoughtful like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she thinks of everybody, not just herself, even when it's so difficult. Well, also, I think she could probably figure out that uh, this this guy isn't on the down low. You know, he's not to be trusted, so. Yeah, Rick could be anywhere in the spirit world. He's probably not hanging around that portal. <laughs> um, Where do you think Rick is hanging out in the spirit world? 
Well, don't they say in the season three notes that he's literally in hell? Uh, yes. Because in the original ending for Twin, the ghost thing, ghoul thingy that attacked Fee was... Rick was supposed to appear and stop it from attacking Fee, so it would have taken him and fallen off the building with him and right. would have trapped him in hell. Right, okay. So I guess at this point, he's just floating around in the netherverse somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. Just watching over Fee. Yeah. And sending her emails. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yes. Uh, at least we forget. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been made clear. We all like this one a lot. And also, this is the point where Molly finds out that Fiona has been exploring upstairs on her own. And she and Jack take a look at her laptop and sees the videos that she was looking at about Patterson. And Jack says, like, oh, I bet I know she, where she is. So Molly, Carrie, and Jack all go looking for Fiona. And they end up in this attic with the portal, like, right as it's about to collapse. And the guys volunteer to go in and get Fiona. And Molly's like, no, it's not safe. I'm going to go. And as the parent, she goes in. She gets there right as Fiona destroyed it. And it's like an earthquake-type thing. And they need to run away before it collapses on them. Molly definitely sees something, you know, weird going on in there. Yeah. And yet she still refuses to acknowledge the supernatural, which is really my only major complaint with this episode, because they just have to maintain that status quo of, oh, well, Molly isn't too sure about the paranormal, even though, you know, this is not the first time she's seen something explicitly weird, and it's by far the most explicitly weird thing she's seen, but she just says to Fiona afterwards, you know, honey, I just don't, I just can't believe that. Yeah, she's still straight up lying to Fee. Like, Molly, didn't, isn't it an established fact now? Like, at least now we know where the storyline was going. Molly, like, experimented with witchcraft, right? When she was younger. Like, she's got some idea that there's, like, you know, the supernatural is possible, and yet still... In this episode, there, there's no denying something happened there, and yet she's still like, none of this was real for me. <sighs> I don't know, it irritates me yeah. a little bit. Where, like, <laughs> Molly herself doesn't want to believe it, and I think there's a difference between not wanting to admit something's real and actually believing if it's real or not, and I think that's why she tells Fiona, I don't know what I saw, or I can't explain it, and telling Fiona to just stop with all the talk about the supernatural. Because at this point, she just does not want to hear it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. that John keeps trying to tell Faye. Well, and that leads up to the big, dramatic, emotional conclusion of the episode, where Fiona finds out that her father was also passionate about the paranormal, and Molly believes that it played a role in him dying so young. Yeah, her exact words were that your father, during the last few years of his life, did the same thing. And that's big foreshadowing and a hint that this is what led to Rick's death. And then you've got to love that moment where Fiona's so upset and says, I've always felt so different from everybody. How could you not tell me I was just like him? Yeah, some great cry acting from uh, Kara there. Mm -hmm. And then Molly continues saying that, um, you know, it has to be a coincidence because she was so young. And she doesn't want her to be like Rick because he became obsessed. And, yeah, again, like, led it led to his death. 
Yeah, and that's one of the things that I really like about this moment. Usually, you know, in like a kid-centric show, you would expect somebody to come out of a conflict like that as the clear bad guy. But the show doesn't do that. You know, we understand that Molly is upset and has been keeping this from Fiona because she's scared. She doesn't want to lose her daughter the way she lost her husband. And yet you also understand why Fiona would be so upset that her mother was keeping this information from her. And it's a very complex conflict. And I think that just speaks to the overall quality of the show. Agree. It's such a powerful scene. And it still gets to me every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. That what Fee must be going through, finding out that she has this connection with her father all along, even though she can't even remember him. And on Molly's side, how she just doesn't want to go through that pain again, so she's hiding it. And then that even that tension between her and John, and how rough that must be on her, because John's like the closest thing she has to Rick, and now she's not of him too. Yeah, and in into this um, relatively dramatic moment, very dramatic moment, we have a little bit of humor, too, when Carrie pokes his head into the Carrie. room and says, uh, you know, hey. Comic relief. Yeah, we're, we're about to, we're ready to film or whatever, and then just kind of sees what happens and slowly backs back out. <laughs> you got to love Carrie in this episode. Also, that scene in the attic where they find a photo of one of the orphans, I guess, and Carrie talks about how attractive she was. And Fiona says, like, Carrie, that woman must be, like, 90 years old by now. And his response, you can make it work. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> he's up for me to send her romance. <laughs> you know, and uh, another thing I really like about this episode, I mean, about just about that moment at the end there, is, you know, normally you would expect a, a kid's show to end on sort of an upbeat moment. Like, oh, hey, the... Uh, the bad architect dude has been defeated for the day, but no, it ends with Fiona on the bed or couch or whatever it is crying and really seriously upset. And uh, it's just, it's sort of gutsy. You wouldn't expect a Disney channel show targeted at the coveted seven to 12 year old crowd to end on a very serious moment like that and just let it hang, not to try to wrap it up in any sort of neat way. As a kid, I love that though. I hated watching shows that always ended on a happy note because it's like, that's not life. And kids know that. I knew that when I was a kid. And I really well, yeah. respect the show for never talking down to us. I mean, that that's, you know, the thing with all the sitcoms, even when they, the, you know, even when a sitcom does a very special episode and handles some serious issue, it's still, everything has to be wrapped up by the end. The status quo has to be maintained. And I really admire So Weird for not doing that, for being di- doing something different and I don't know, more dramatic, more serious, more realistic. And there is yeah. a kind of a happy ending to this moment when John, it's just John and Fee. John tells her, your father was the bravest man that I knew and you're just like him. And then he gives Fiona his Phillips cane band jacket. That's a positive for me. And it's a really good way to close the episode. Yeah, and, you know, talking about the character of, uh, of John Kane of Papa Bear, um, you know, I think, well, first off, I love that they would bring him back because even though he's only in a few scenes in this episode, his role in the overall So Weird canon is pretty small, uh, but he obviously really made an impression on viewers because he's just this really memorable, likable, fun character. And, um, and you know, his, he works really well in this episode, so I'm, I'm glad they would bring him back for another one. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if season three had gone the way it was originally supposed to, he would have returned again. I hope so, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Props to Mackenzie Gray, that actor. Yeah, who's been in a lot of other things. Uh, it's a pretty busy character actor. He also gave a picture of the Phillips K band, like a little promo picture to um, one of the forum members. Oh, like yeah. A, a few years ago. Yeah. So that's really nice of him, and it's a really cool picture. That's cool. I know he um, gave an interview to uh, some so weird fan site when he was r- right around the time Man of Steel came out, which he was in. Um, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Something like that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I This is one of those episodes where I wonder what reactions were to it when it aired. Like, were was anyone actually surprised by the ending? You know, like, people have been following along with the show. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I remember seeing the episode when it was new and liking it a lot. And, like, the images with Fiona running through the hall and the ghost faces and the conclusion with the white room and the Nautilus shell, all that stuff made an impression on me. But I don't remember what my reaction was to the ending. And watching, um, nat- watch- when I first rewatched the show a few years ago, my reaction was... Um, oh, I'm surprised Fiona didn't know that already because it's been so heavily implied up to this point that it was, um, I don't know, maybe I just remembered that she finds that information out eventually and kind of forgot that she didn't know in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's kind of hinted at a nightmare, right? Because we see him going off um, in Jack's dream and he seems to be doing something mysterious, so... Yeah, I think that's yeah. the type of thing the that only makes sense it. in hindsight after you've seen the rest of the series and episodes like this. Mm-hmm. Cuz then it kind of fills in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Strange Geometry is one of the episodes that I do remember watching for the first time when it aired on Disney Channel and it being one of my favorites and I loved it so much. And about the ending, it just was like a whoa moment and it left you thinking and craving more but I don't remember exactly how I felt besides that. I just remember loving it, being, whoa, I'm wanting more. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure we have some listeners who, you know, didn't watch the show when it originally aired, so maybe they could give us some insight into how they reacted when they got to this episode. Yeah, that would be good. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this one, um, I mean, you know, uh, Kat has references, I, I think, when Emily did her favorite episode poll a uh, while back, this one was in the top five, wasn't it? This was like two or three, I think. Oh, goodness. I can't remember. Hold on. I'll go look it up real quick. <laughs> no, no. This is definitely one of my one of my top episodes. I think it has to be. I think in terms of plot, this is one of the most important episodes. Yeah, this is pretty pivotal to the mythology of the series. A lot of... It kind of um, directs... a uh, a lot of the different places the se- the season would go after this point. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, you know, the central conflict for the rest of uh, season two is Fiona. I mean, the conflict's always been her trying to find out, reconnect with her father, but that really becomes the focus from this point on. Right, I can't find it. <laughs> I don't even know where I should be looking. I can't remember where I posted it. Well, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember where it fell exactly, but I do know that that was on there and that this is a fan favorite. And um, 
uh, like I said, I really like the kind of spooky atmosphere this one has. The use of music in this episode is really good. We hear Rick's theme a few times when he's being talked about. And also there's kind of this spooky sort of sparse piano music, this little melody like, like you know, do-do-do-do that we hear a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whenever, like, spooky stuff's going on. Yeah, something weird is about <laughs> to happen. So, uh, and uh, I like the, the action music when the portal's collapsing and all that. Yeah, the, the, the use of music in this episode is really good. I mean, like, music's always been good in the show, but the incidental music here is utilized well. And also, uh, one more thing I have in my notes here. Um, it's just that that choker Fiona's wearing is the most 1999 thing I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. got the choker going on. She's got some weird hairdo. <laughs> like, these small, like, buns across her forehead. Yeah, the, uh, the <laughs> buns that we've referenced before. Um <laughs> And that's just another thing I like about going back and revisiting the show and seeing the the unintentional period piece trappings. Um, and honestly, uh, you know, I've, I've referenced before how the only one, only like reoccurring adversary throughout the series would be Brick Rue, who's going to be coming back here soon. But I, I kind of wish, you know, if the show had gone on longer and gone in the originally intended direction, I sort of would have liked to have seen more of this, this Everett Patterson character who is kind of an ominous mysterious guy. I don't know how they would have brought him back as a an opponent for Fiona again, but I feel like there would have been potential for that. I agree. I think he has some pretty good dialogue. One of my favorite lines is when he says, from time immemorial, we've all ended up as death's hostages. Now I will be the first to escape and you will be my liberator. Yeah, he's pretty. That was really nicely worded. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. Yeah, he's a hammy villain. And you know, you got to think, you know, have all these people, all these spirits just been milling about in this white area for a while? Like, how does that work? That that must suck. Just Are you kind of stuck here nor there? Just stuck in Hell's waiting room forever. Oh, man. <laughs> and then also, about Patterson, when Fiona's looking at clips online about those newsreels, when I watched this for the first time, I thought that was real, and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when I first saw it, it looked so real, like the video. Yeah. I was thinking, wow, did, where did they get that video from? And is this guy real? So I would Google his name, and I was trying to find anything about that. Well, you know, it would have been cool if So Weird had kind of incorporated sort of real urban legend stuff into their plots a little more. Um, and, you know, architectural magic is something that I like as a, a concept. Like, I've incorporated that into some things some things i've written before and i always think that really cool idea that people in the process of building a home or a building or a house in a particular way you can create some sort of magical juju i, I think that's a really cool idea the closest thing i can think of is like the hh holmes castle but that was just a place that was built to torture and kill people yeah 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 the- <laughs> You know, people who don't know who H.H. Holmes are, they can wiki that and, you know, not sleep for the rest of the night. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really like this one. Um, I think, you know, my only, like I said, my only real complaint is Molly's uh, just unmovable skepticism in the face of weird stuff. Um, I really like the interaction between Fiona and John Kane. Um, just their rapport seems so natural and you can, I mean, I, I, you just get the impression that the actors really got along well and liked each other a lot because it, it comes through in their performances. 
-hmm. Also, one thing we didn't mention is that line between John and Molly when they're talking about their days touring on the Phillips cane band and how Molly's surprised that he still has his Phillips cane band jacket because he used to lose them. And she says, oh, no, you used to give them for the roadies or groupies. I, yeah. really <laughs> I, I don't know if they use the word groupie, but that does appear to be the. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Molly says groupies. Oh, she does say that. Okay. Mm -hmm. well. yeah. <laughs> so it's Maybe. something that I didn't pick up on as a kid, but I love it now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that probably went over the head of the uh, Zoo Disney audience. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I really. Anytime we have Fiona and Jack and Carrie like sleuthing and going on a little adventure, I really like that. Um, it feels like we haven't gotten something like that in a while. Like, I, I, I don't know. I guess Upa was probably the last episode where we had every, the whole group kind of going on a little adventure together. But I always like to see that. That's always fun to me. Um, Any other thoughts about this one? Uh, well, I guess if we were to rate it, um, yeah, well, this episode to me, it's my favorite episode of the whole series because I just think it has it all. Like, I like the investigation and the creepy vibe to it. And I love that she's exploring, like, an abandoned place. And uh, one of my favorite things is secret rooms. Like, it's like my dream to find some abandoned place and secret stuff like that. So I think that was really cool. And, of course, it has Rick mentioning and the climax of basically the whole series happening here. Um, what I didn't really like was that what was off with the portal or how he messed up was that he was just off by a number. Like that seems so simple to me, but then again, I guess it doesn't really need to be complex. Well, it does seem like he probably should have noticed that at some point, you know, when you're <laughs> building a portal to the afterlife, you, you'd think, I mean, but then again, simple mistakes are made all the time that have dire consequences. So yeah. <laughs> and then that mm -hmm. all what, all what, he has to do is just reset the lever like that seems very simple but it doesn't need to be complex yeah. and yeah i love uh the patterson guy he's really great yeah who uh, antagonist who, who is that actor because he's not listed on the uh, imdb page does anybody know a ghost <laughs> <laughs> no i wait watch the end of the episode real quick and look at the credits yeah i think yeah, that's maybe he's in the credits i i'm sure he is mentioned yeah. in the credits I, I i'll go to the daily motion uh youtube or link and look at the credits real quick <laughs> okay yeah he's great and um i love molly and fee's dialogue there and i love how fee asks like did i do the right thing and how molly just can't answer that yeah, you know, and then Papa Bear is great. Yeah, I just love you know those little moments of vulnerability. How Fiona is both this very proactive and strong character, but you know she's still a human being. She still has vulnerabilities and confusion yeah. and emotions. I, I just you know I, I love He's a teenager all the, too. You know that's a lot. Yeah, yeah I just I just love all of the uh, character complexity that this show has, and I think that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why it holds up to this day. And I also love that um, Papa Bear says that, you know, we're, they're all looking out for her and to go easy, you know, on Molly. Yeah, I like that scene too. So yeah, if I were to rate it, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. Well, well, I don't give out 10s for anything, but uh, <laughs> as far as So Weird Episodes goes, this one ranks pretty highly for me. I'd probably give it an 8. 
An eight? An eight is almost a nine. It's a B. Oh, guys, I found the name of the actor. Oh, yeah, what is it? His name is Bernard Cuffling, Bernard according to the credit. Cuffling, okay, yeah. I'm IMDBing this guy. Okay, yeah, that is the actor that played Mr. Patterson. Okay, I'm looking at his uh, IMDB page here, all right. Um, oh, he's been in, he was in Double Jeopardy, and the movie Fido, the 2006 zombie movie, Fido. Um, not too much other stuff. Uh, some voice work, a lot of voice work, which, um, Mackenzie Gray also, um, sort of interesting. Both this guy and Mackenzie Gray were voice actors on the show Alienators Evolution Continues, if anybody remembers that. Um, <laughs> and, um... The guy who directed this episode, let me look at his, look up his name here in a minute. Mark Jean directed this episode, and both um, Mark Jean also directed an episode of the New Adams Family, which uh, aired around the same time. And uh, this Bernard Cuffling guy was also in an episode of that, so that's interesting. Cool connections. Yeah, and that director, Mark Jean, uh, mostly television. He's done a lot of. TV shows, he's done episodes of Tales from the Dark Side, Weird Science, Police Academy, the series, Big Wolf on Campus, and also he did an episode of a show called Seriously Weird, which I've never heard of before. <laughs> That's kind of funny. And it looks like these days he's mostly doing Hallmark movies. Uh, <laughs> oh, my, my mom loves those. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> She's watching a Hallmark Christmas movie upstairs as we speak. Well, it seems like every single time in like the last couple months I've gone over to my mom's house, she has, she's watching Hallmark's movies and mysteries. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Emily, where would you put oh, yeah. this one? Well, okay. So this episode, when I was a kid, I'm guaranteed was in my top five. Uh, like I have pretty vivid memories of watching it late at night. Like the, the scene at the end was just, it's, you know, something I'll, I still remember watching that scene at the end with Fee in the portal, uh, I guess just because it was so visually interesting. Um, but now it's not in my top five. Um, and I think really the only reason why is because I've seen it so many times. <laughs> like, yeah. So I kind of I'm a little burnt out on a lot of the episode, actually. Um, I find that when I watch it, I just want to get to the end. Um, because there's like a four or five minute span where Fee is exploring. And there's not a lot of dialogue. And then Jack and Carrie and Molly go after her and start coming after her. And that's like all that happens. And I know exactly what's going to happen in that scene, right? Like I know when the faces are going to pop up and all that. So I just kind of want to get to the end. <laughs> But as I said, as a kid, this would definitely have been in my top five. And uh, that ending is, is a great one. Yeah, it seems like that ending made a pretty strong impression on all of us. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of disappointed in you, Emily, because this <laughs> is one that never gets stale for me. I've watched this series so many times over the years, and this is one that continuously is just, whoa. Every single time I watch it, cream of the crop for me has to be either my number one or number two in terms of favorites. I think it's one of the best of so weirds, most important episode in terms of plots, especially considering this one is one 
pivotal plot episode that has not been altered by Disney, as far as any of us know. True. So, Sorry to disappoint, guys. <laughs> I mean, it, it's probably in my top ten now. It's just, I don't know. I've just seen it too much. I, that's all I can say because it is it is a great episode, and I really I really do think that that scene of Fee running down the hallway with the faces poking out of the wall, I it seems like that's a practical effect, and I think that is one of the coolest practical effects I've seen. Um, if it is. Because I, I just imagine the people on set that day, like, sticking their heads through the walls. I'm sure that was really yeah. fun. Well, it would be like a, a haunted house or, you know, like a Halloween haunted attraction or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I know we've seen that type of effect in a lot of other shows and movies now. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, the, I know when, when Stranger Things came out, I saw, like, online people were like, I've seen this before. And, uh, like, some gift sets of comparisons and stuff. Oh, are there spooky ghost faces phasing through walls in Stranger Things? Yeah, I think that happened in one episode. Uh, that, that's another reason I should finally sit down and watch that show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but so I'm assuming, Kat, you would give this a 10 out of 10. Yes, definitely 10 out of 10. All right, 12 well, we, out of 10. We got two 10s, <laughs> uh, 8, and, um, oh, I mean... I did I even give thumbs up? No, okay. you didn't. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I'll give it two thumbs up. Scale for you for thumbs up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I will give it two thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Am I going to regret that? Emily what? approved. <laughs> is this whole system, like, uh, I, I think this system has failed me. But. <laughs> that's why you need more than two options there, you know? That's why, that's <laughs> no, the... no, no. It's two thumbs up, one thumbs up, one thumbs up, one thumbs, thumbs down. Oh, just go to the four stars at that point, you traitor. Come on. Don't be a coward. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, and also, the writer is John Wiseman. Yes. So when we did the live stream uh, of all his episodes, he was there. So he has a few comments. So I'll read some of them. Um, he said that he had a lot of trouble understanding the whole Nautilus Fibonacci stuff, so anything we can actually understand from this is a miracle. <laughs> from, the, from the episode. I mean, that's interesting. They don't really go into, like, the brass mechanics of it or anything, but it makes perfect sense when you're watching it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, he said the Papa Bear name was invented because he needed something for Fee to respond to me cubs. What's me cubs? <laughs> Because you know, like my cubs, like my cubs. Yeah, yeah. My babies. That's what he, he calls that, feet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that John Cooksey seemed to love that name. He had no idea it would become such a part of his identity. And all the math stuff was Cooksey's idea. He was the one trying to explain it all to him. And um, Patterson was named after the main character in a short story that he wrote in college. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, the general stuff, how it's hard, um, how there's only 24 minutes, so a lot of stuff just has to get shortened. Yeah, I mean, I, I've referenced that before, how you can sometimes feel the show struggling with having to get everything into that short time frame. And, you know, overall, I don't think this episode has that problem, but I could definitely see how it could have been expanded to an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He says that um, 
I guess the whole Patterson fee exchange that that moment actually resonates with him more now than it did back then. And he says something funny that now that he's a dad with a 13 year old daughter, if he found out that she turned down a chance to bring him back, he'd be pretty depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like I said, Fiona's smart enough to figure out that, you know, this guy wouldn't hold up his end of the bargain. So she's not turning down a chance to bring him back. She's being practical. <laughs> That actually never occurred to me as a kid. Actually never occurred to me ever until you brought it up. <laughs> well, I'm glad I've changed the way you see things, Kat. <laughs> All right, and that, um... Okay. Just a few more things that... Uh, he was... Like, when he was writing it, he can't remember much of the writing, but that he remembers that he was so relieved to get to the emotional part of the episode after all the math stuff, because that's what he wanted to be hitting all along. Yeah, that's how I feel about this one. Exactly. Job. And that it was hard to write this episode. Well, it's interesting that the, the writer said there was kind of a divide between sort of the lore stuff and the character emotional stuff, because I think this episode balances those things really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just another thing I want to point out, it's sort of funny that everybody likes this one so much, that this is so highly regarded, because... The director also directed Boo, which is generally considered one of the weakest episodes of the series. So that's kind of funny. Hmm. Well, they're just a director in the end, so. Oh, yeah, they're just the director. They weren't writing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool looking, Boo, sometimes. The intro is cool. <laughs> um, all right, so the we The intro to this one was kind of weird. I didn't really like it. Oh, yeah, where she's talking about how lots of cultures believe in spirits. Reincarnation and all that, yeah. Shout out to Jack, reincarnated night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, didn't even make that connection. <laughs> anyway. Anything else we want to say about Strange Geometry? That it it's the best, yeah. Math. All right, wait, what did Kat say? It made me enjoy college-level math. I was so excited the day our professor started talking about the Fibonacci sequence. I felt like Fiona. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So do we have some feedback this week, Kathy? Yeah, we have a few comments. You know, our, our fan, our listeners are so great. We always have feedback. So uh, we got two comments on our fountain episode for YouTube. One of them from the user wisdom. They said, will there be more podcasts of analyzing kids' shows after So Weird? Yeah, I saw that comment. And, you know, that's something we've discussed from time to time. Because uh, I think all of us would maybe like to continue recording together after we finish So Weird. But we still haven't found something that we could dive into as deeply that we all agree on yet. But uh, I don't know. It's something we have discussed. I will say that. Yeah, yeah we've discussed it. And also, it's kind of like far into the future right now so i'd rather not plan things as of right yeah now. not get too far ahead of ourselves emily were you gonna say something um i was just gonna say yeah it's something i'd really have to think about because i'm pretty passionate about so weird and i don't know if there are any other kids shows that would inspire me to talk about them for 30 to 45 minutes so i'd have to think about it yeah yeah also that because i know i've gotten a lot of requests of when I used to do live streaming of like streaming other shows, like are you afraid of the dark and shows like that? But yeah. I um, didn't watch many. I, I never watched are you afraid of the dark and I didn't watch other stuff. Um, and I don't know if I could do something that I'm not, you know, so passionate on. 
Yeah, and like I know Erie, Indiana is something a listener or a commenter or something brought up, and that's a show, you know, we we've mentioned we remember watching it, but we don't have that we're not really interested enough in it to do a podcast devoted to every episode. So let's just say maybe. That's a yes or no. <laughs> okay, and then from I think it's Honte Vega. Um, they said, thanks for continuing to analyze the series. Looking forward to future casts. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for listening. <laughs> oh, and while we're in the feedback portion, I will say that um, last episode, I made some reference to how I didn't know if uh, Andrea was still following me. And then she made sure to send me a little thing on Twitter, letting me know that she still follows me on Twitter. So thank you. That was very sweet. <laughs> Okay, and we got a few comments on our Facebook page for this episode for uh, Fountain from Larry. They said that they love the Christmas episode. From Stephen, they said um, they were they were awesome, which I'm guessing the cast um, wish it come back to air. So weird, all grown up. That's mm -hmm. very uh, okay. I, I think I understand what he means by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, fee grown up. We've well, we, talked about before how, yeah, we definitely would love some type of reboot. or Yeah, so weird the next generation is something we've made references to before. <laughs> From Princess Fernandez, they said that Rick and Baby Fee and Ned's hair were some of my fave bits from this episode. Uh, too bad Disney had to air this out of order to fit with the holiday schedule lineup, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was uh, looking at the production order versus the airing order today, and it's interesting that season two got moved around so much. Like, you know, I was looking at season three, and that aired pretty much in order. Um, of course, it wouldn't really have mattered with season three because there wasn't as much continuity, but it is odd that season mm -hmm. two got shuffled around so much. I mean, stuff like the Christmas and the Halloween episodes makes sense, but a lot of the episodes were just moved around all willy-nilly. I don't know what their reasoning yeah. that was. And do they, like, film and write way ahead in order to do that? Um, yeah, I mean, usually with television, they uh, film for about, I don't know, six months, and then I think they take a hiatus or a break, and then they come back and film for another six months. That's from my understanding how it's done. Yeah, well, when I follow a show, and they, yeah, they film early, but then the editing and music scoring is kind of like two weeks or so before it airs, so maybe it's different for different networks. Yeah. Okay, and from Andrea, uh, she said, great review. I really enjoyed this episode, and I love the Rick moments. It's a great observation that Fee probably wants to say so much to her father when she sees him, but she cannot because she reverted back to infancy. She never thought of that before. Um, it did cross my mind that if Molly recorded Rick dancing with baby Fee, she would have seen footage. Would she need to ask her mom about it? This, coupled with your mention of fan fiction, has given me an idea for a so weird story. And don't worry, I never go beyond PG-13 with my stories. <laughs> um, well, please write it. Please post it. Yeah. Do you say that, Zach, your guesses about my Fee cosplay are on point? Yes, I have a few pictures of me with Fiona hair buns. My Twitter profile is a picture of me sitting in front of an old laptop while staring at a wheat muffin. And when I went to Famous <laughs> Monsters convention in May, no one had any idea who Fiona Phillips was or even heard of the So Weird series. Aww. Um, I would have. 
there was a so weird store online years ago run by people from Conrad's hideout. I sold t-shirts that said things like they harvest the wheat. What does what, what yeah. harvesting the wheat have to do with anything? It's a quote from Listen. Oh, well, I didn't watch that. I wasn't on that episode, so that explains why I missed it. <laughs> oh. Okay, and then she continues saying that, uh, I look forward to your review on Strange Geometry, which is another great emotional episode. When Fee discovers and destroys Mr. Patterson's portal, I feel so terrible for her when she partially regrets the decision because she could have brought her father back. And I feel even worse for Fee when she learns that she is just like Rick, but Molly shouts at her that she doesn't want her to be like him. In that episode, there is a lot of tension between Molly and John when they talk about Rick, which gives me the feeling that although Molly still misses Rick and loves him in his absence, a part of her is angry at him for obsessing with the paranormal to the point where he lost his life to it. I sense that in her tone when she says, nothing I ever said made Rick more cautious. She might have felt as though she came second to, par to the paranormal. Also, what are your thoughts about Fee's spilled soda? How could Carrie and Jack not notice that it spelled upstairs? Fiona never cleaned up her mess, and there was hardly anyone in the room and no one sitting near her. I doubt someone cleaned it up before they found Fee's research. And what is with the sailor references? Is it just coincidence that Fee wears a shirt with a picture of an anchor on it and Jack says, Ahoy, mateys, when he finds the building's blueprints? Well, first off, wow, I never even thought about the uh, the anchor shirt sailor connection there. Thanks for picking up on that. <laughs> and, and you know, that's a good question about the soda. What what happened to the soda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we see Jack and Carrie just go. Somebody stepped on it. Yeah, yeah, let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah, somebody stepped on it and tripped on it. And, you know, th they could have hurt themselves, Fiona. Come on, be responsible. Mop that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, the... Yeah. The anchor and the what else does she say? Uh, when Jack says uh, "Ahoy, mateys" in the beginning. Yeah, maybe that ties into the, like the Nautilus thing. Oh, yeah. maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. the shells. I don't know. Hm. You know, um, well, uh, well, thanks as always to everybody who listens and sends feedback, and especially thanks to Andrea for being, you know, consistently writing us and communicating with us. Really appreciate that. And, you know, at some point, maybe further down the line, we can do an episode devoted to, like, so weird fan stuff. Like, I know there's not a lot of fan fiction and fan art or anything out that like there, anything like that out there, uh, but I think we could probably get a half an hour out of talking about that. I mean, shit, we've gotten hours of material out of just, you know, recollections of Conrad's hideout or whatever it is, so... <laughs> <laughs> hours and hours <laughs> hey uh, and I just wanted to know uh, how do we pronounce your name because we've said Andrea and we've said Andrea so oh yeah <laughs> you common enough let us know how we should say your name <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> all right um, yeah and that's all the feedback so thank you once again mm -hmm. all right well um, anything else we want to talk about while we're on the air um, I think, I don't think I brought this up in any previous podcast, but, um, there is a user who recorded, uh, the song Rebecca. Did I bring that up before? Uh, I know you brought it up to us. I'm not sure if it's on, um, an episode. Yeah, I don't think I have. But, um, yeah, we got, actually a while back, there was a video on YouTube of a, a band performing the song Rebecca. Right? It was, no, not no. Rebecca. I'm wrong. It was Questions. Mm -hmm. The one, yeah. That, um, in the Siren episode. That's so, on Questions. So the, 
these weren't obsessive so weird fans. They were just obsessive dual state fans, is what you're telling me. No, I think they were. That person was an obsessive uh, so weird fan. <laughs> yeah, they uh, made an account on the forum and they made an intro, and he had said that uh, he was the one that made those graphics for the so weird, the old uh, Phillips Kane band albums. Oh, of course, of course. Like, okay. He made them from what he we heard in the episodes and the little that we saw. Oh, well, just, to, just to clarify, I was just joking around with another. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, this whole time, I had thought there were I don't know some like we got from an email from way back then, but yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a long story where some musician came to him and he ended up contacting. Is it Anne Montade? Mm-hmm. How do you say her name? Is it Anne Montade? Anne Marie Montade? Yeah. Um, and she was able to like collaborate with him, and somehow they got the rights to the song, and so he recorded the song, and it's out to buy. So I can just put the link there if you guys want to oh hear God, it. It's amazing. I'm feeling yeah. so hard right now. <laughs> and it's like a, you know, not exactly the same day he made it his own and all that. But it's really awesome that a song, you know, not even Molly's song, but a song from Siren got made into, you know, a real song that we can buy and listen to. So yeah. there is hope for So Weird CD one day. Oh, I mean, I don't know about that. but um, <laughs> Don't crush my dream, Zach. That's what I'm here for. I'm the dream crusher, baby. <laughs> He um, said he listened to the podcast for Siren, and he was surprised that the song wasn't very popular amongst us because it's obviously his favorite. Well, well clearly, clearly we're Molly Puris here on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, that is really, really cool. And as we've talked about before, you know, any sort of fan effort to, uh, you know, artwork or music or anything like that, animation, you know, all of that is really, really cool. And we are f- we fully support anything of that level, absolutely. I mean, it's so cool because it, it's we're like on what? This topic, oh, sorry. If somebody wanted to make versions of the Phillips Kane Band jackets and sell them on Etsy or something, I would totally buy one. Mm-hmm. I love those jackets. I want one so badly. That's a cool idea. I think that would probably go under Disney's radar. I think they could get away with that. <laughs> the Molly Phillips to her uh, like roadie shirts. Yeah. Yeah, they could do like a, a, a tour shirt, like, uh, you know, Molly Phillips 2000 shirt, and they could have 2000, you know, 1999 2000 tour, and they could have like the locations listed on the back. That'd be really cool. There was somebody who made a poster with all of the locations that they toured yeah. on and throughout the series. It's amazing. I, I'm thinking it's on Redbubble, but yeah, someone made a like a cool graphic of all the tours, all the places that they went to, and um, you can get as a poster and like, anything else basically like a print and all that or you know if people really wanted to be industrious they could do a um you know a kane phillips molly phillips tribute album that would be awesome (laughs) yes it would all right anything else we want to talk about i don't have anything else yeah emily cat anything you want to bring up no new reboots of the week so uh (laughs) it's like every week we get a announcement about some new reboot from back in the day. Oh, I'm I'm sure there was something to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Roseanne is the the one I, last one I read about. We're getting Roseanne is coming back. (laughs) 
So there's right. hope one day maybe it'll be so weird's turn. No, it mm. won't. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> we can dream back. You know, the most I, I would want, I would expect, is like uh, a home video or digital release. And even that really seems like a long shot at this point. Yeah, that's a home video, like VHS. Well, not when I say home video, I mean, you know, like DVD or Blu-ray. Um, no, when I hear home video, I think video, actual video. Well, you know, there are probably people listening to the show who don't even, have never even handled a VCR tape and don't even know what it is. So. No, 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 uh-uh, no, unacceptable. Those people, no. <laughs> you haven't lived until you've seen tracking lines on a TV and heard the, <laughs> the hum, the, the warm hum of a VHS tape. <laughs> well if that's everything I think we can put a ribbon on this one this has been the So Weird Podcast I'm Zach I'm Kathy I'm Emily and I'm Kat and stay out of spooky basements <laughs> and keep the faith <laughs> bye